real and honest with you this morning, church. Uh, change is sometimes hard. Change is not always easy. Change is disruptive sometimes. And it can feel really uneasy. You can go from driving your car to work to now all of a sudden having to use public transport because your car's broken down. That's change. That's hard. You know, you can go from driving in this lane and you realize, oh, I got to be in that lane. And so you start to indicate and try to move over to the lane safely, but you realize there's a load of cars on that lane and you've got all these cars behind you. And so you've got to change lanes, but at the same time, not hold up all the traffic. Change, that's hard. Maybe you've had to leave your country and come to New Zealand. You've had to leave what was familiar. You've had to leave your families. You've had to leave your homes. And so you come to New Zealand and now you're having to build again. You're now looking for a new church. You're now looking for uh, schools for your children. You're trying to find employment. You're now having to build new relationships and friendships. Change is hard. It's not easy. And sometimes the reason that can be hard is because we're uncertain of the end result. We're not quite sure whether this is going to work out or not, whether this is gonna, how this is going to pan out. And so I'm going to resist change because I'm, sure, I'm not sure how this is going to work. We're currently in the middle of a sermon series that's called uh, Culture Shift. In a world of ever-changing, ever-shifting, ever-compromising culture, we ought to hold on to God. And so because we are people who hold on to God, who hold on to the promises of God, who hold on to the Word of God, we are people, uh, you need to know that you are the shift in culture. The things that you say, the things that you do, who you are is the shift in the culture. You speak life into hopeless and dead situations. Uh, you are quick to forgive. You're quick to extend mercy, extend love, extend compassion. Your faith ought to shift the culture. And I want to encourage you this morning with a short message. I've got about 10 minutes on the clock. Uh, so if you could lean in this morning, I want to speak to the topic of walking by faith. Walking by faith. In a world where there is so much uncertainty, so much insecurity, and so much doubt, we who are the culture shift, we counteract the culture of uncertainty. How? By walking by faith. In a culture where we itch to know how this is going to pan out before we even give it a go, we counteract that culture. How? Walking by faith. In a culture where we put in plan B, C, D, E, F, G, just in case plan A doesn't come through, we counteract that kind of a culture. How? Walking by faith. In a culture where we are encouraged to trust our feelings, trust what you feel, go with where your emotions lead you, we counteract that culture. How? Walking by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says this, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Paul is writing to a group of people in Corinth, and he is wanting to encourage them to follow his example of courage and self-sacrificing love. One of the reoccurring themes that we see in 2 Corinthians is that we have everything that we need in God. And so Paul is challenging the culture shifters in Corinth, and he's saying to them, you need to look at life through the paradox of the cross. He is saying instead of embracing the wealth, the status and position, embrace the cross and the new life that you have through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. He is saying you went from conforming, but now you're transforming. You are being transformed by the renewing of your mind. He is saying the gospel has transformed you into the people who give freely out of gratitude for the gift of salvation that Jesus has given us. To all the culture shifters in the room this morning, Paul is encouraging you, encouraging me, encouraging us that in the midst of our own personal weakness, our God is enough. 
We are able to live the Christian life, not because of our strength, but because of the power of God. We are able to walk in victory, not because of what we can do, but because of what God can do. We are able to go through the storm, go through valleys because we have God. We walk by faith and not by sight. You see this fallen world that we live in, they say that seeing is believing. Before I believe it, I need to see it. Before I, 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 need, to show, I need to know how this thing ends. I need to know how it pans out. I need to see first what happens along the way and then I'll decide whether or not I'm gonna do it. I don't know if I can trust what you're saying to me right now, so you gotta show me first. But Paul then shifts the culture and he says, actually, believing is seeing. We walk by faith and not by sight. You see, there's a difference between faith and sight. Hebrews 11 verse one says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We walk by faith and not by sight. You can say that sight is a natural thing. Sight involves all of our senses, what we see, hear, a smell, or feel. Sight is that which we see with our natural eyes. They are things that are temporary. Faith, on the other hand, takes you into the realm of things that are unseen. Faith refers to things that our natural senses have never experienced before. Faith is, an, is a spiritual thing. Faith is a God thing. Sight is an us thing. Martin Luther King Jr. puts it this way. Faith is taking the first step even when you cannot see the whole staircase. When we bank our lives on what we see, we're gonna get hurt when we lose the job. We're gonna get angry when our loved ones pass away. We're gonna be disappointed when our friends leave us. We're gonna be mad when we lose the money. We're gonna be annoyed when we don't have the house because we're banking our lives on what we see. We're banking our lives on the temporary things that will eventually fade away. But when we bank our lives on that which is eternal, when we bank our lives on the promises of God, on the Word of God, we will go from believing to seeing. We will go from believing to beholding His glory. You see, there are situations in your life that will demand you to respond. But the question is, how are you going to respond? Are you going to respond by sight? Or are you going to respond by faith? Jesus arrives on the scene. And there's this guy named Lazarus who had been buried for four days. He's dead in the tomb, buried four days. And he comes to the mouth of the tomb and he says, remove the stone. And one of Lazarus' sisters comes up to him and says, are you crazy? There's going to be like a real bad stench coming from the dead body in the tomb. And Jesus turns to her and he says, did I not tell you that if you would believe you would see the glory of God. You see, Martha did exactly what this culture encourages us to do sometimes. We try to justify, we try to reason, we try to bring logical conclusions to situations that our human minds have no concept of. We walk by sight. We see the situation and, and we say things, that doesn't look right, he's dead, he's not gonna come back to life. This ain't gonna be possible, this is impossible. And so instead of giving it a go, we say, nope, not possible not going to happen. And according to my calculations, it's, it's, not, it's a no-go from here on out. But we're meant to be a people who walk by faith and not by sight. The story goes on to say that Lazarus was brought back to life. Jesus brought him back to life. You see, Jesus is, saying, Jesus is not saying that they needed to believe in order for him to be able to do the, the miracle, because the truth is, regardless of whether they had faith or whether they believed or not, Jesus was able to do it anyway. But if they didn't believe, 
uh, they never would have seen the glory of God. In other words, they could have been content with seeing Jesus do the miracle and have completely missed an opportunity to work alongside God in fulfilling God's plans. When you respond with faith, you're saying, God, I trust what you are doing. God, I don't feel like this is going to work, but I trust what you are doing. God, I'm not sure about this, but I'm going to leave this into your hands. God, I don't understand what you're doing right now, and it doesn't feel good, but Lord, I trust what you are doing. God, I'm tired of waiting, but I'll continue to wait because your timing is perfect. We walk by faith and not by sight. Turn to the person next to you and say, how will you respond? How will you respond? Amen, amen. How will you respond? Man, I wish I had more time to preach on this this morning. The next time you are challenged by circumstance, the next time you are challenged by change, the next time you are challenged by impossibility, ask yourself, how am I going to respond today? Am I going to respond with sight or am I going to respond by faith? If I can ask the keys to join me. In 2017, God opened the door for me to go to India for missions. And we got an opportunity to minister to so many people. But we also saw so many people healed and delivered. We ministered to so many widows who had been neglected by their families. We ministered to those who were in prisons. We ministered to many who were heavily affected by poverty. We had the opportunity to spend time with them, um, even with people in the village, and just minister to them and share the gospel with them. But I will never, ever forget one encounter that has absolutely encouraged me for the rest of my days to walk by faith and not by sight. I was in the middle of leading worship, and I could see my Indian friend who we connected with in India, um, I could see him, him and a group of other guys. They carried in this man, and they put him in the middle of, you know, we, we had an outdoor meeting, and they put him in the middle of a meeting. <clears throat> and so this guy had a paralyzed leg, and he had a paralyzed hand as well. And but long story short, you know, at the end of the, the meeting, we got to the bottom of the stage and we just stood at the front and we prayed, we prayed, and we prayed for people. And my Indian friend, he came up to me and he said, come and pray for this man, please come and pray. And he kept urging and urging and urging. And I'm like, can you not? You know, I'm, I'm looking at the situation and I'm like looking at it by sight. It's not going to happen. I'm not sure that he's going to be healed. Don't ask me to pray for him. And so he's like, please come pray for him. Pray. And I'm like, so anyways, I ignore him and I go praying for everybody else. And then my friend did the unthinkable thing. He got a group of other guys, went over to the guy, picked him up, carried him and brought him to the front where we were. And I'm like, I thought I told you, you know. And so we're standing there and I'm responding with sight. I'm responding to the situation by sight. I'm like, Really? But then the others who flew over to India with me, we were there and they started to go in hundies with prayer. They started to declare healing over this man. They started to pray and pray and pray. While they're praying, I'm having this internal conversation with God and I'm like, my bro, you better show up because otherwise we're going to look like idiots out here. And, but I am now, I've got my eyes closed and now I'm now responding by faith trying to respond by faith. <laughs> and I'm praying to God, and all I'm saying to God is, God, there is nothing too hard for you. God, there is nothing too hard for you. God, there's nothing too hard for you. And that's all I'm saying to God. 
everyone is praying away, and I open my eyes, and my friend starts telling the guy, get up, activate your face, start walking. And so this poor guy, he's like trying to get up, but he can't, and he keeps falling, trying to get up, falls. And my friend is just saying, come on, get up, activate your faith, walk, you've been healed. And so I close my eyes again, and I'm like, God, there is nothing too hard for you. God, there's nothing too hard for you. And by the moment I opened my eyes, this guy had literally, he started to stand up. And he started to get up, and he started to walk around. And one of the girls who actually filmed this, like she ran to get her phone and come back, but she was able to catch the last part of it where he started to stretch his hand up and started to walk. So if you can play that video, Briar. Amen. You know what? I, I cannot explain to you what was happening in my mind and in my heart. Because you see, just a minute ago, I was responding by sight. I was like, it's, it's probably not going to happen. There was doubt there. There was uncertainty there. I didn't believe he was going to be healed. I didn't think he was going to be able to stand up on his own. I didn't think he was going to be able to get up and start walking. I didn't think he was going to be able to do any of that. But that's what sight says. Sight may say, it don't make any sense, but faith says, I'm going to partner with God anyway. Sight may say, the cancer is eating away at my body, but faith will say, but you can't have my soul. Sight will say, I'll never be able to buy my own home. But you know what faith says? In my father's house, there are many mansions. Sight may say, I can't get over this. Thanks, Auntie Colleen. But you know what faith says? I can get through this. Why? Because you realize that to walk by faith is to put your trust, put your faith in a God who is faithful. The next time you're challenged with circumstance, you ought to say, great is thy faithfulness. The next time you're challenged by change, you ought to say, great is thy faithfulness. The next time you are challenged with impossibility, you ought to say, morning by morning, new mercies I see. And here's why. All I have need, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. My friend, you are the shift in culture. In a world of uncertainty, in a world of doubt, you were called to counteract the culture. How? Walk by faith and not by sight.